Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Hello, and welcome to Acting Class Weekly. Roxy, it's a director's episode about directors and their films, and it was just a toss-up between the jackets or the sweater, but I felt I went sweatery because I feel like at the end of a long shoot day, they might sit down with a comfy sweater and a scotch. I feel like too sweaty for that, too sweaty for a sweater after the end of a shoot. Yeah. Maybe if it was a night shoot, an outdoor shoot. Yes. Mm, yeah. So, Sean, what you're trying to tell me is you just had a very long outdoor night shoot. In a chilly location. Yeah, in Canada. Wow, yeah. a lot of things do film in Canada these days. So I think the sweater may work. Uh, because too flashy for the bright blue and uh, too businessy for the, the dark one. So I, I went here. And, and, you know, God forbid I try anything new on this show. No, stick to what you know. You're good at it, Sean. Three, three jackets. That's what it is. The yeah. whole spectrum of all humankind can be expressed in those, the sweater and my two jackets. And we all know that. Now so, I know what I'll get you for your birthday in 358 days. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, and and you came in here on fire. You're on busy. Uh, Miss Fantabulous, Roxy on fire ladies and gentlemen that's what i'm calling you today instead of roxy stryer roxy on fire because you're so busy right now yeah but sean i feel like you're missing the play on words oh i said miss phenomenal did i say mr fantabulous no 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 that was fine but don't you think you should just be roxy fire instead of roxy on fire i think i was gonna go there but i felt i had to throw in the explanation yeah but fire rhymes with stryer roxy fire you're actually right. You're giving me a direction. And instead of taking it personally and getting hurt, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, good note, mm. Foxy Fire. See, Thank that's, you. That's Thank what you. we were supposed to be. It's a no collaboration. Facts, all about the craft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're talking today, Rox, because last week we did like what you should be doing in quarantine. Right. And I remember way back in our earlier ones, we did a quiz on what we thought, you know, people should know in this business if you want to talk the language of Hollywood. So I just made it a little more condensed and specific, which I know you like. And it's just about the language of when you're sitting around at a lunch or a Hollywood party or an agency or something. You know this, Roxy. Everybody talks movies. They just do. They talk movies. They talk television. They talk what they've seen. They'll use references to look, the way the thing looks, the costumes, the vibe of the thing. So you just want to have a knowledge. And so I picked out some big directors throughout time to go through and see that I think, okay, so you can't watch all their movies. Maybe, you know, we don't have that much time, but maybe a couple. And my 
breakdown is based on mostly range, the range that this director, that was my main criteria. Um, and I went through a lot of lists. I do have to thank Vulture. I read a lot of Vulture's lists and stuff like that. Um, and to, to pick, to make sure I wasn't picking, the, you know, a top two that were even like one, one, two or three. And the next one was, you know, 15 or something. I think your list is interesting, Sean. I don't know that I would have had the same list, but I do think that it is a worthwhile list that definitely caused me to think like, I think I need to brush up more on this list. Well, again, that's why I wanted to clarify range. Right. Range of like different, like how genre, and and we'll get into some of them as we start talking, which I know you and I will discuss. And I feel like that's why I call this part one, because there's no way we're done with this. This is, you know, just the beginning of TV shows, directors, actors, you know, what you should be watching these people if you can. And then what we're going to do, we're going to pick out the two that I think for range. And then I'm going to say my personal favorite of mine. Roxy will uh, throw out hers. And uh, Jeff sent us a list. He's unfortunately not here today, Mr. Funtavis. But before we do that, we need to get into Sean's week. And I feel like since it's a director one, it should be very direct. Oh, okay. Direct. What that means to you and me. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's week. Okay, this is close. Close. I think I lost any singing ability. Yeah, you lost that. No, it's just, it just... It was so direct. I mean, I don't know that you can sing directly. Singing in itself seems indirect. Well, there's like a lot of Sondheim that seems very direct. You know what I mean? Mm, does it? Everybody meanders a little. You think so? Well, what's the quickest way and the clearest way to do something? Is it in song? I don't know. I mean, like, don't you feel there's moments in Hamilton where they're being very direct about things they need? Mm, don't you think that if you took out the music, it would be more direct? Yes, <laughs> but the the framework is the same. I, I don't listen. William Shatner put out a whole album talking through it. It's it's artistic freedom here on uh, Acting Class Weekly, and you took an artistic chance. It was like an Adam Sandler Weird Al. Yeah. Turn of events of that yeah. was my music. It was just spoken word poetry. There you, Greek. There you go. There That's it is. Hard. And mine was uh, monotonal, but still singing, but direct. So let's get into my week. Okay. So we had a big read through of all episodes of our web series. We had Doug to sit in. We talked about it. Um, and what was great, this was, again, a suggestion by Miss Phenomenal. Roxy suggested that we do this. And it was a nice discovery. We did discover issues uh, that probably will definitely make the show better because they were seen and heard. And uh, by addressing, you know, some holes, some plot things, you know what I mean? So it's all, did we lose you? No, I'm here. I just was muted, but I don't think it, I'm being muted fairly. I hear, I hear the, do you guys hear that buzzsaw? No. It's in her head. This is what happens when we peek behind the curtains. Uh-oh. No, I didn't see that. Ryan, you muted me because do you hear me sound on my end? Yeah, I'm here. I'm hearing a little, uh, it sounds like a drone. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that drone too, but it, I don't think it's on my end. Uh, Sean, is there a drone in your house? There's a drone in my house. I don't think that there's a little Sean, bit. quick duck. Wait, mute me and see if it goes away for a second. All righty. 
We have muted Sean. It's gone. It's definitely in Sean's house. There's a drone somewhere. Oh, you know what it is? What is For it? For some what? reason, uh, what? what happened was my computer somehow is he- that heating fan. Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Heating fan. I'm yeah. sorry. It, it's okay. This is what this is what 2020 is. This is what 2020 is. This is part of your week. It's all part of it. But when you saw me looking around, I heard that drone. I thought it was coming for me. Ryan took it out on me. Did you see that? Do you see how quick it was Ryan actually was a to subtle, mute me? It was a subtle mute while you weren't talking to see if it would happen, and you addressed it immediately. <laughs> that was, I mean, because the the eagerness he had to mute my mic to keep my voice inside. I will not be silenced, even though I refuse to sing at the beginning of this. I know that was payback for my lack of sing-songness. Oh, wow. It's getting very... It's getting uh, hostile. (laughs) No, no, no. It's getting getting dramatic, which which is fine, because we're heading into some very, you know, intense... It's getting Hitchcockian. Mm. Possible Spike Lee-ish? Is it the birds that we are hearing? I don't think it would be the birds. It's the mystery and the paranoia of maybe strangers on the train. I don't know. The sound sounds kind of like little birds. Oh, it does. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the the birds and the birds were not cute and little. They were. No, that's true. Affect your face off. So, um, okay. So let's get into the week. So the read through. So. Yeah, it was a big one. It was a big one. We got, uh, we got um, definitely perspective. We're figuring out our issues. It was a good thing. Set us back a little bit. Happens in in uh, production where you know you figure things out, and and so the writer, the structure group is back together. Writers will be addressed, and you know our production got pushed back a little bit because we're trying to make the best show possible. And that is not nothing new in this town. This might be one of the biggest undertakings I have ever had. I mean, it's Sean, it's been like, we are, we are working on something. We haven't even told you guys and we will, but but we are working on something massive. Yeah. Um, And so we have to do it right because there's no point in doing it if you're not doing it right. 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 And, you know, my anxiousness was like getting it out for timing and making sure it comes, but you know, you, you can't put it out if it's not ready. So right. making that ready. Uh, I hit 50,000 followers on TikTok this week. Very exciting. You are so TikTok famous. You're so TikTok famous. We're going to start calling you TT. Like TikTok famous means millions. Like it just isn't 50,000. It's okay. I'm doing okay. To me, but, you are my most TikTok famous friend. Really? All right. Yeah. Uh, I've made, uh, I have a couple friends that are a little more famous than me, that like personal friends. And then I had a long talk with my student, Russell. Russell, been, he came and did the quiz show, I think. And, and no, he did the coaching show with us. He came and talked about coaching. And uh, we haven't been seeing each other, obviously. So now we're talking about how we're going to do it up on the roof. We're going to do it up on the roof. Oh, a social distance coach. Social distance coaching on the roof. And then no taping inside my place for a while, but he knows that. And we we may tape up on the roof, but it would just be, you know, nothing of quality progress to see something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're hopefully jumping in on that really soon. And he's being really creative. So that's good. Although Sean, I think there is a way you could get some quality up 
on the roof. I mean, if you're yeah. shooting something that's less of a true tape and more of a yeah, somebody like a, on the roof. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, that we're going to be creative. He wants to come back, but me, me in general, because I'm so busy doing my own personal stuff and building out a couple other projects, I just I'm not really taking on new students right now. I'm just not taking them on. Uh, I, what did I, I say? You're TikTok famous. TikTok famous. I mean, honestly, it's just the busyness of what I have to do to help myself to be ready for when it comes back. Are but, you finding it creatively fulfilling right now? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, because your TikToks are not just those dances. Yeah, yeah, no. Now I'm finding out new things and now I'm delving into a hole. I'm going to get a roach costume and a, I already have found my Dorothy costume and a lot of fun things coming. A lot of fun things coming. Um, so this is why, you know, like part of the thing is we're still doing our podcast. We're still trying to be relevant and here for you guys during now, you know, I know this is evergreen, but during the pandemic and after getting you ready. So uh, we need you to, Help us share the show, Roxy. How can they help? Yeah, guys. On I'm right now. I'm looking at uh, our iTunes reviews, and we have such incredible reviews on Apple Podcasts. You guys have been amazing. But during pandemic, I know that not as many people are on the go, so a lot of you guys are watching us instead. I hope you like our beautiful faces um, behind the scenes. Just so you know, Sean called me very fresh faced today. Yeah. So if you are just listening on Apple Podcasts, you might yeah. want to come over and see what this fresh face looks like That's right now. Right. Uh, and, but and also, by the way, before the show, I never got that return compliment. So. Well. <laughs> no, I'm pasty and terrible looking today. No, not terrible looking, but I wouldn't say this is the freshest face. I mean, I, I think that. Lighting. I got big sunlight right on my face. I wouldn't call it. You guys let us know in the comments below. If you are watching this video and you believe that Sean is fresh faced, then feel free to say that. If you think that Sean needs like four more sweaters at least, then feel free to write that. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns about your acting career, your path, uh, what you should be doing creatively, especially during this time of quarantine, but anytime, let us know. We love reading those comments and write a review. If you can take a couple of seconds right now, it really is such a small ask from us because we are giving you all this content every single week for free. And we're going to keep doing it for as long as we can. But if you could take a few seconds to rate and review us on Apple podcast and right here in the comments, if you could leave a comment, give us a thumbs up, a five star. If you're listening to us on podcast, uh, that would be so immensely helpful. It helps people find this show and it helps our audience grow and us keep going for as long as we can. So we really appreciate that. And I will give shout outs next week to whoever writes a comment. Uh, mm-hmm. And that will be a fun one for you guys. So Sean, one sweater, Waylon, back to you yeah. in the blue room. Yeah. With uh, the badly lit sunshine face. That's my excuse. I'm leaning into that. And I have a scruffy beard for the show that we're doing. Cause I'm going to, cut that in well I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to cut it but it'll be fun but I it was kind of the thing since we were going to shoot this week and then we got postponed a week do I shave it and regrow like I'm just nope nope keep it uh haven't had the facial hair for a while and so it's interesting to be back it feels interesting and especially when we're not supposed to be touching our face so it makes it and I love touching the oh my god and you have been so obnoxious about that did she just say that out loud literally I've trained my face not to itch and I'm not even lying my face used to itch as soon as I tried to stop scratching my face 
And then for Sean, like, how do you train me not to facepalm when you say things like that? Hey, it's, I mean, the jealousy is so apparent. How do you feel right now, Sean? Ugh. How does this make you feel? All right, we're moving on because we have to. All right. So like I said, a large swath of directors. Yes. And we're going to start at the beginning, not the very, very beginning, but very early on with one of the most famous uh, auteurs, meaning writer, director, actor, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin, uh, I ask a lot of people if they've seen any silent movies, if they can name a silent movie, and they just can't. And that's not okay. You got to know where we came from. And especially there's a few people you should know, Errol Flynn, um, uh, uh, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, Mm -hmm. Mary Pickford, like very important. These guys came together and formed United Artists. And so like, it's all very important and especially Charlie Chaplin. And so two movies that you should see. And again, these are for range for pure physical comedy. And one of the most famous bits ever in Charlie Chaplin's history, the gold rush. He's a little tiny prospector and a bit in the gold rush in the late uh, in the West, in the snow, very many physical gags in his cabin, and the very famous dancing with the two shoes. He does that with his forks. And then when he eats the shoes, because he's so poor, he twirls the shoelaces. Both of those are very, very famous bits. Um, running around the cabin. Going but, off that, Sean, because sometimes I think it's hard to convince yourself that when there's so much incredible content on currently that you should go back and watch some things that may or may not hold up in the same way. But what I find with Charlie Chaplin's pieces, especially that, um, is that they've been so borrowed from. Like oh. when you talk about where we came from, it's not just to respect where you came from. It's because there's so many references and so many... Um, I guess that is the word borrowed, right? Because yeah. they're they're sampling it. Uh, they always stole that. They'll be yeah. the same. Yeah, from um, when all you could do was physical comedy. So if you like physical comedy, this is the yeah. place to go. And then I'm going to expand that on my second film that I really believe you should see is The Kid. It's so, it's physical, but it's also very, very poignant and sweet. I don't know that I've seen the kid. What is the premise? Chaplin with a little boy. It's basically, I don't, I don't recall how they're thrown together, but it's, there's a little tiny boy that he has to take care of throughout the movie. They get into hijinks together, but it's very heartfelt and extremely sweet. And so again, I contrasted that one with one that was kind of like, to me, a very sweet episode of friends versus an always sunny in Philadelphia. One just, you know, flat out comedy and one with a little more heart to it, if that makes sense. So that was why I chose that range. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Jackie Coogan. Ryan, let me know. Am I correct that that's Jackie Coogan? Little Jackie Coogan in The Kid? I'm, I'm curious if that is the I will one. tell you in a second. It is indeed uh, Jackie Coogan. Yeah. Look at the, what, a, uh, what a sweet cover too. Charlie Chaplin uh, in The Kid. Six Reels of Joy. This is a great film he has been working on for a whole year. That is what is on the cover of this. Yeah, yeah. It literally says that this is a great film he has been working on for a whole year. So I I usually am going to say my personal fave. Um, 
And most of the time it's going to be different, but my personal fave is the gold rush. It just is. Mine is too. Mine is too. Yeah. So many great things in it. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, And again, like I find it to be the most borrowed from. And the only reason I started watching any Charlie Chaplin was because I was in film school. And that's something that, and I remember kind of rolling my eyes at the time, like, Ugh. right. but then having uh, like really appreciating it. And I agree that I think that this one, it's the most influential, but also probably the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Uh, Jeff, uh, Mr. Fantabulous has emailed us his, he yes. says City Lights, City Lights, which is another big yep. I personally am not familiar with City Lights. Um, I am City Lights. I could. I'll. I'll read you the uh, cover of this one as well. I wonder if he worked on it for a whole year. That's yeah. the, <laughs> the bar now. It was a big deal back then. Not a big deal now. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, still, it's a year of somebody's life. Uh, City Lights, nineteen thirty-one. Mm, let's see. It follows Charlin tramp as he falls in love a uh, chaplain's tramp as he falls in love with a blind girl virginia oh, yeah. and develops a turbulent friendship with an alcoholic millionaire yeah it actually has a beautiful cover and i'm it's coming back to me now yes uh, yes it does i remember that one too now ryan actually worth pulling up because what beautiful artwork uh maybe it's a poster yeah the poster of it i'm saying cover like you could put yeah. this in your vhs at the time the poster, Charlie Chaplin, City Lights. And interesting that it bills him as Charlie Chaplin, not Charles, like it is on some of his previous ones. Yeah, interesting. Maybe he's leaning into the Tramp character to make it a little more. This was like his TikTok turn, Sean. Exactly, his TikTok turn. Rebranding. So if you're going to see a couple of films, Roxy and I obviously say strongly Gold Rush and The Kid, but obviously City Lights should be up there too. But just one or Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Just definitely, definitely check out some Charlie Chaplin. Um, just so, again, so you understand. So if you are in a meeting and you're talking to an agent and go, yeah, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's the fun and the looseness of, you know, Charlie Chaplin and the gold rush. Or you're talking about sweet things. It's like, well, you know, before Adam Sandler did his, you know, dad movie or whatever, there was the kid from Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Just to have that base of knowledge and to know, you know, these movies were not that easy to make. They were still hard work and he wrote and directed a lot of them. So moving on to totally like, you know, we're going to go all over. Are you ready to strap yourself in, Roxy? The, the, we, are, we are jumping years, genres, Genre. types of humans. Yeah. That was uh, me strapping in. Is that a strapping sound? Ch-ch-ch. Like a clip. Uh, I think it's like the airplane. What would that sound like? Or roller coaster. Roller coaster would die. Oh. All right. So uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, I would say, uh, he's obviously a very famous 60s, 70s actor, turned director, um, one of our most prolific directors. I had the pleasure of working with him and spending a day uh, with him on uh, Jersey Boys. It was an amazing day. I got to sit there and make him laugh with uh, the DP who was working on Twister. And so we told him crazy Twister stories and he was sitting there loving it and laughing. And I did an improv that made Clint laugh behind the camera. That's that, so cool. That's really one of those ones you go, I'm good. What'd you do? 
they were doing the scene from Jersey Boys and they were doing Walk Like a Man. And there was an argument at the beginning of them going, I don't get it. Like, walk like a man. Like, you were stand up straight or something. He goes, no, it's metaphorical. Like, walk like a man. Like, be proud of yourself. Something like that. So they start fighting about it. And they're like, all right, let's roll it. And my line was just, my line was just, all right, take one, walk like a man. But you see me sitting there listening to them and I'm annoyed. And actually, Clint kind of cut to me a little bit of me just sitting there going, annoyed. And then when it's time for me to go, I go, take one, walk like a man. And he thought that was pretty funny and laughed. Woohoo! Yeah. Sean Wayland. Uh, make Clint laugh. Uh, so anyway, because it's Western, because he came from Western, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was just such a beautiful story about, he. it was almost like his swan song to getting out of Westerns. Unforgiven. Unforgiven, yeah. So great. Just a, about an aging gunfighter that has to, you know, deal with his issues again. The acting is beautiful. Morgan Freeman. I mean, it's just such a, an amazing film. The movie's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's just gorgeous, too. Yeah. Just gorgeous to look at. Beautiful. I agree. I agree. Really, I was very, hoping this would be on your list. And it broke him out. It really broke him out. Oh, Gene Hackman. I mean, you know, the acting is tremendous. And Are you a Westerns person, Sean? You know, I, I, I didn't really seek him out. I did get blown away when I saw High Noon, like everyone talked about it. And when I finally saw High Noon, I was like, wow. But I've never really seen Shane. Shane is... You've never seen Shane? You said, I've never really seen Shane. What does that mean? No, I don't think, I think I caught it a little bit here and there, but I never really. It might be my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. So I'm not a hundred percent, but Clint and and I loved Outlaw Josie Wales um, and the Italian ones that he did, like Good, Bad and the Ugly. Just, just the vibe of those. Yeah. My God, talk about slow moving movies. Good Lord. I think today's generation, if they sat down with those Westerns, they would go insane because they're so slow. They're just very atmospheric. So then again, so totally different genre later, a completely different story. Uh, Clint Eastwood, million dollar baby. Yeah. Just, um, Oh my God. Why am I blanking on her name? Tell me the name. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. So good in that movie. Uh, again, Morgan Freeman. Um, it's amazing performance by Morgan Freeman. And if I'm not mistaken, won an Academy Award for his performance in that. Um, beautiful, very poignant, completely different than The Gunfighter, a uh, character for Clint Eastwood. He was very a sweet paternal type figure to this girl, uh, adored her. And it was it's just a beautiful, beautiful film that really would show you the range of Clint Eastwood's directing ish because he can do way more i mean it's really hard because then you get into sully and and jewel where he does like current event movies he can do a lot but i yeah. think if you just did these two you would have a really good really good take on what he can do i agree i think that this was this is where he shines as being an actor's director because mm-hmm. he really had to get into the character yeah, um, and it, it's not just about the storytelling; it's about the individuals, and he does such a great job pulling stories out of these actors. Um, yeah. So this one, this movie holds up, definitely holds up. 
It's a it's a really good movie. And then my personal favorite that's not on the list, and I know it's cheesy, and people would be surprised because there's so many good movies. Like I really did like Sully. Haven't seen uh, Richard Jewell yet. I'm actually very curious. Um, uh, Bridges of Madison County, but there's a big asterisk there. I was not expecting you to say that. There's a big asterisk. The the acting of the kids, I'm not, I'm sorry, I've never seen their work again or whatever, but maybe they're having a bad day, but the acting of the grown-up kids of Meryl Streep was not strong, <laughs> to say the least. Not strong at all, but Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep, amazing. Love story, amazing. Chemistry, shockingly, Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood, but amazing. They're, them on screen were great, and again, the asterisk, and then, you know, I, you even had to fight to say, why would you put it on there if there were scenes of that acting? It's just because those two were so great. And one of the most amazing things I've ever heard of Meryl Streep that was so weird, and I might have mentioned it on the show when she was, I saw them do director's cuts. I was obsessed with directors, DVD extras, and them talking. And uh, he said, she said, yeah, and when I do that scene on the porch, he walks she she goes i walk away from him and then i just brush my backside and uh mm-hmm. and i think we mentioned this before maybe and i and i said why did she do that she goes well because you kind of bring attention to your whole womanly figure and it, and i go is that a thing that women do and so roxy i'm asking you is that a thing that women do is that is I that it, i know? think it depends that's it's not in the day too like she was definitely yeah, I think it depends. It's not a me thing, but I've seen it. You've seen it. Okay. Yeah. It was interesting that she said that, but that's the detail, the way her acting is. Her details mm-hmm. are nuanced that that little thing, you know, was so Right. And then my other favorite part is when he is standing in the rain towards the end. There's a scene of him in the rain and Clint, who's a badass, tough, whatever, looks completely vulnerable and washed out, literally with just rain coming down and his you know his very thin hair you totally see his ball spots sticking you know what i mean he looks completely vulnerable and i was like wow he directed it and put himself in that place so that was pretty impressive all right uh what was your clint eastwood that might not have been on that list or so so okay my real one probably is million dollar baby that's probably my favorite but the one that i really want to highlight and you just said you hadn't seen it um i thought that richard jewell was so phenomenal right i thought that this movie was so phenomenal and it was a bummer this happens sometimes with movies where there's controversy around them and that ends up for one reason or another not getting people to the theaters but i think that this movie was incredibly acted um paul walter hauser the perform the performance that he gives is so oscar worthy that the lack of nomination is disturbing yeah. Uh, he he was he knocks your socks off in this. Yeah, it, it's anybody who thinks to themselves, "Does Clint Eastwood still have it?" He yeah. does, yeah. and he doesn't lose it. I also loved Sully a couple of years ago, yeah, uh, but yeah. I just think that he's one of those directors who <laughs> has been able to span generations and tell stories of all different genres and years. Yeah. And is he always in touch with what's going on? Maybe not, but this movie, I thought he was the perfect director for, and I think he really did it justice. Yeah, yeah. And I love that guy, and I, I Tanya, too. He was so good in that. Yeah. If you think he's good in that, 
Check this out. It's on the list. I mean, listen, you, I've said this before, you know, there's just some people who hit a certain place in my artistic life that I just go, well, I'm going to see everything they do. Like the, the, you know, I, I like the guy who did Moonlight. Uh, I'm going to, I was like, done. I'm going to watch every, the next three or four years. You know what I mean? And then if they start doing stinker after stinker, then I might back off. But who are your people right now? Buy me five years. What's that? Who are your people right now? Um, Jordan Peele for sure. Yeah. He's one of mine too. Super interesting. And I like the, I'm just forgetting all the names of the, uh, let's see. I mean, I've always been a Wes Anderson person. I'm going to see what they, what he does. Um, I'm always curious about Tim Burton, what he's doing. You know, uh, Clint Eastwood is definitely on that list. It's like I said, just Richard Jewell didn't, I, I just didn't see it. And it wasn't in the awards package, you know? Yeah. Which is a bummer, but Shout yeah, to Kathy Bates too. Whoa, are def- definitely a few of mine. So, cool. right. uh, and then Jeff said Invictus, which again I don't know much. I about. haven't seen that. That was it. Wasn't that the the soccer movie? I'm pretty sure that was the soccer movie. Invictus. Wow, I don't. It's so crazy that he picked one. Kane and Sly Stallone. Yes, no. Am I wrong? Man. Matt Damon, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman, 2009, Invictus, uh, Nelson Mandela. Oh, the no. Okay, sorry. That's what that one was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yes. Wow. I, I never saw it. Yeah, never saw it. But I know it was supposed to be very good. All right, moving on. We're, we're, here we go. Strapping in. Click, click. Here we go. Uh, we're going way back to, well, not too far back. Sorry, I skipped ahead. We're going to the Cohen brothers. I don't I, think that they're further back than Clint Eastwood. No, no, no. I, I, I misread Billy Wall. Oh, okay. Cohen Brothers, Ethan and Joel, uh, their movies are fantastic. They span every genre. Uh, they And this, again, literally is for range. It's, it's This was another one that was extremely, extremely hard to pick, too, that if you just didn't know their work to kind of get an idea. But I think I picked a couple that really do show their range. Number one, and this was hard for me, because it was between Fargo and No Country for Old Men. But since Fargo had some comedic elements, I wanted to kind of remove a comedic element from it for my range theory. And I went for No Country for Old Men. I don't Very- think that's that hard, actually. No. I think No Country for Old Men is for sure the choice there. It was rated number one on. A, on In both. order to understand their style and yeah. what, like, when you think of them, this is what I think of. I think that more people think far Fargo has now taken on a whole life of its own with the TV series and yeah. Fargo lives on, but no, this is the movie. Yeah. It was so frightening and scary uh, in a way that I've never been uncomfortable in a movie theater, which was intense. Uh, the, the acting again, I mean, listen, the Coen brothers, another one guys, this is acting class weekly. The acting is ridiculously good. But it's never bad in their movies. They never have bad acting in their movies. No, they really don't. They just don't. They're just so good. And anyone is who gets cast with them is so excited to work with them. I mean, they're just, it was just, there's just from, from and is, is it Javier Bardem? Who's, is that, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, terrifying. And you just wouldn't think he would be, but he was terrifying. So frightening. Yeah. This 
great performances. Tommy Lee Jones, all of it. Really, really good. So that's the dark flavor. Yeah. They're fun, quirky movie, which also had an amazing Oscar-winning soundtrack, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Fun, weird, uh, fantastic. They do some fantastic stuff in their work. Um, Hudsucker Proxy had a magical kind of element to it. But Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? is probably one of George Clooney's funnest performances. Um, It's just got their quirkiness down to a T. So to show their from the, their darkest to some of their kookiest, that's why I picked that one. What do you There's thought? a glaring miss in these two. I know what you're going to say. I mean, I, I don't know how you don't put this on one of your two when you're talking Coen Brothers, right? You know what I'm going to say? What am I going to say, Sean? The Big Lebowski, right? Of course I'm going to say The Big Lebowski. How yeah. are we not going to wreck The Big Lebowski? I mean... That was, listen, that was a very tough one back and forth, but it's not as wacky as Oh Brother, We're Out There. It's comedic, but it's not as wacky. I really wanted to go the extreme. Yeah, I hear you and for what you're trying to do, but sorry that- to jump the gun. This is clearly my pick. Oh, uh, of course, that's your pick. Uh, uh, but obviously, um, yeah. they're not only are they incredible directors, but writers as well. I mean, the, yeah. whoa, baby, I'm yeah. a I'm a big Big Lebowski. It's beyond iconic, and a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Very true. Very true. Yeah, very good in that movie. So no, that was a tough one, and I don't. If anyone picks that one instead, that's fine. Again, I'm. It's like getting the notes from the judge for the jury that people don't know because I'd served on a jury. And when you get all the instructions for how you're supposed to vote and why you're supposed to vote a certain way, it kind of changes how you, you know, just basic, he did it or he didn't, or she did it. Hmm. Oh yeah. It's way more complicated. It's way more complicated. I want to hear about you being on a jury. Oh, it was interesting. But anyway, we have, so that's why with these constraints of really trying to show the most range, that's, that's the only reason. But my personal favorite is when we do, I was going to say, I'm going to do one about my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, Mine, absolutely, Raising Arizona. Mm. Favorite movies of all. If I had to guess what was yours, that's what I would guess. Oh my God, the length. They created an entire language for this movie. An incredible performance. One of my favorite hands down. I know leaving Las Vegas, I get it, but Nicolas Cage is so funny and so good in this movie. Everybody's fantastic. Uh, it's just, it's just a phenomenally funny, funny, unique movie. What made you pick the Coen brothers on this list in general? Because I think they've spanned current generations that, you know, I just think they're, you know, I did, I did my research and looked for the greatest directors of all time. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, I'll be honest, there's some lists, they had a lot of European directors that I wasn't as familiar with, mm-hmm. but their list, they were made every list, the Coen brothers. Absolutely. Interesting. Consistently interesting, different genre type movies for, you know, several decades. So I just think they're so influential. Yeah, no, I, I'm not disagreeing. I was just curious. They, yeah, stood, no, I just, they stood out on this list. Always put them because yeah. they're one of them. They're on my list for sure. And I and and I wasn't going to just go personally. I did look on lists, and they were on everyone too. So, 
Because I think it's longevity and consistency, right? There's very few clunkers. <laughs> very few. I, I still have not managed to see Inside Lewin Davis. Um, I, like this, you did? I like that movie a I, lot. But I again, it's a different kind of movie. Okay. And then uh, Jeff's was Barton Fink, one of their big, yeah. big Sundance hit. Very artsy. It's, leave it to Jeff. Yeah, leave it to Jeff. It's very bizarre. A young John Turturro, you know. And again, you know, how can you feel bad that they have in their stable of stars, John Turturro and Steve Buscemi, you know? Right. Well, so, is, I thought you were Steve Buscemi. Oh, God, stop it. All right. That's, uh, yeah, that's what it's going to say. Uh, it's going to say on my gravestone. That's what it's going to say. Wait, mm. wait, dot, dot, dot. It, aren't you Steve Buscemi? That's what I should put on there. I'm never going to have a gravestone anyway, but it would be great to have If one. you want. I mean, because they won't be able to see you, Sean. You could just write, here lies Steve Buscemi. <laughs> the, best, the best I heard was an Eric Idle's uh, biography for his gravestone was, I want a second opinion. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Isn't that awesome? I, just, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to borrow that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So moving on from the Coen brothers, we go way, now we go way back. Now we go way back to Billy Wilder, mm-hmm. uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, very influential. Again, kind of like the Coen brothers could do it all. Uh, m- mysteries, uh, noir, comedy. So his number one on every list and probably... Uh, not on mine, but I'll say mine, but I, I, but it's right there. It's right. Second would be the very famous sunset, sunset Boulevard, uh, iconic line. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm ready for my close up. Mr. Uh, I'll save us the time of getting to mine. This is mine. This is yours. Hands this is mine. This is mine. And you gotta say, I gotta ask you, is William Holden that good looking as a guy? Do you have eyes? <laughs> Really? Oh, he's like a man's man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sad, right? So cool. I mean, uh, you don't have to ask, Sean. You don't yeah. have to ask. Yeah. William Holden's a stud. Very great. Speaking of silent film stars, they make an appearance. Buster Keaton. It's an aging silent film star. A guy comes to help write a script. It gets dark. It turns into a film noir. And that got turned into a Broadway musical. I mean, it's it's a fantastic. It's definitely his most famous. I famous. feel, yeah, mm-hmm. famous and well known for a reason. For many, for, yep. for the, the quality, the the famous lines. You know, it, yeah. it's a great movie. And then the other oh, one, that jaw, the that chin. The, mm, <laughs> Did you good. ever see the I Love Lucy show? The when he's just sitting there with his face on the thing. Um, probably, but I can't remember right now, but I should check. I definitely need to go stare. They do their Hollywood episodes and she freaks out that he's sitting there and then he just puts his face right on a thing. Just pure his face. We don't make it like that anymore. Like there's something so timeless. About his look, right? It's it's how I feel about James Dean also. I know that he gets more, it's a little different, but there just aren't people that look like, like it's a different species almost now are I don't you know like 17 because that's another billy wilder bill holden movie very good movie style like 17 i haven't I, seen it 
Day stuff. You should see it. It gets a little meandering. I loved it when I first saw it. It didn't hold up the second time I saw it as much because there was hold, uh, but it's really good. All right, Billy Wilder. Then the on the other end of the spectrum, again, this is one of my favorites, but uh, very sweet. The Apartment, Jack mm-hmm. Lennon, Young Shirley McLean, sweet, heartfelt. I mean, they're just they're just such natural actors. Um, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, they're so good together. It's very sweet. It's a sweet down on your luck woman and a down on your luck guy finding each other in a very awkward circumstance. I won't give it away, uh, but it's re- and a really good Fred McMurray in it as well. Uh, it's definitely one. And then you'd see the range. If you can see Sunset Boulevard and then the apartment, you'll go, okay, this guy can do it all. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess this isn't an actor's episode. Otherwise, some like it hot would have to be in there. Right. Is, is, that, our, your, is that your mind? Sunset Boulevard. But if, I mean, if we're talking about it's one of the most iconic performances of all time. When you think of Marilyn, that's what you think of. So yeah. And, and Jeff, uh, Jeff also picks Sunset Boulevard. Hmm. And now the, then my personal one, my personal one that I love is Double Indemnity. Fred McMurray, it's, it's to me the perfect film noir movie, period. Like, mm, interesting. amazing Fred McMurray. Um, all, the acting, all the actors are phenomenal. It's got that really fast dialogue, you know, suppose I was going too fast. Suppose I was a cop and pulled you over. So suppose I tried to show you my license and you smacked my hand. Maybe I cry a little bit. Suppose I, you know, they just go back and forth and they're rattling stuff off, you know, and then she's like, suppose my husband walks in and he goes, that tears it. And he walks away. <laughs> it is so great. It's it's just so good. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, and great performances across the board, but led by Fred McMurray. And it's a real, it's the perfect film noir. I know people, will say what's the Humphrey Bogart movie with uh, the Maltese Falcon say that's the perfect noir I will argue this is all right now moving up and I'm trying to figure out what our time is here okay probably got like six minutes left Sean got it I just saw it on there all right so let's get this one I told you it's going to be a part one because I literally sat down as I was writing that I go Roxy and I are not going to fly through these things <laughs> we have a lot to chew on we have a lot yeah. Well, you picked some huge people. What am I supposed to say? Nothing? No, of course not. And I knew that too. And I knew I was overshooting. So this will be another episode, but this will give you a few people to, you know, uh, take a look at over the next couple of weeks for sure. So we're going to move on to Penny Marshall. I really wanted to throw in a female director. Uh, Again, like Clint Eastwood, started out as an actress and then moved into directing. Um, and this is again for range, again for range. Uh, first of all, uh, I mean, it's tough because my, my personal favorite isn't on there, but this is one of an underrated movie, I think, but it is by far my favorite Robin Williams performance in any film because I felt, I, I know it's weird, but I liked Robin Williams dramatically over comedically. I know that's a really weird thing to say. I don't think that's weird. Obviously, my favorite movie is Good Will Hunting. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, Boston, right? So, Awakenings, it's a movie. Robert De Niro gives an incredible performance. Robin Williams as a doctor. Basically, that's a, a chemical that they're giving to these people with very severe physical disorders, and it works for a while. And it's a journey based on that. And Robin Williams plays the doctor. Robert De Niro plays the patient. It's... 
it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. It's just so well done and it's so deep and dramatic and not at all what we think about when we think of Penny Marshall. So then on the other range, I want to do fun, comedic. Man, this was hard because she did it really, really well in a couple of movies, but I felt like she hit her perfect stride with A League of Their Own with heart and comedy and, you know, strong women characters, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Tom Hanks. I mean, it's a really, really great, great movie and very funny, very funny and fun. I think it's very fun, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough call. So I know people will push back and, and say my personal favorite, I think, would probably be it. I to me it's not that tough of a call. I'm sure what you're talking about as being a tough call would be big. Yes. Um, but for me, A League of Their Own is just so by far and away her best movie. Um I, I grew up needing that movie. Yeah. I grew up needing that movie. So it's a completely different it, it, it strikes a completely different chord. There was nothing like that. Um yeah. and I mean, I was a, I did every class project on Rosie O'Donnell. I don't know what it was, but I was obsessed with her. I was at Madonna is like my, is my religion. So there's, there's so many people in this, but I, I love the story. I love their energy, their attitudes, their spirit. And for me, this, the Tom Hanks is the greatest ever, but yeah. the, him mixed with everybody. I mean, come on this, this movie yeah. to me is like a top 25 movie ever. Right. I, I, this movie has all the feels and everything yeah. that I'm, every heroic bit that a movie should have while being funny. Oh, this movie is perfect. Yep. And Jeff agrees with you, by the way, that was his personal. Fave. That's because he's smart. <laughs> well, no, I, that's why it was on the thing as a must see as one of her two must sees. I mean, right. You it, you have to you have to and see this one, movie. See my personal fun one is big. Like, yeah, of course, because that movie's great too. It's a great yeah. It's hard. She's really really hard. Listen, we have a few more to get to, but we don't have the time. We are going to come back and revisit this for sure. But I did want to say my story from the set. Yes, it was from Twister. So my ex wife and I had gotten married like a year before. And then I left in April, you know, you say goodbye to someone for five months. It's really tough, but she was going to come and visit. So she literally the week after I left, she went. Wait, Sean, I'm so confused. Twister. I'm doing Twister. Okay. All right. So I got married to my ex-wife and then I got called to shoot the movie and I was leaving in April for five months. Okay. Got it. To a different state. Or to something. a different state. It was going to Oklahoma. So she was going to come visit when she could. I left. The first week I was gone, she said, I'm going to take up a new hobby since you're not here. She tried rollerblading, fell down, broke her wrist immediately. And so she couldn't go to work because she was typing. So she had some time and came to the set to visit. Philip Seymour Hoffman was sitting there. He met her and, and she had a big old cast on. She had a big, big cast on. And then she would come throughout the summer in various stages of healing. And so next time, you know, she had maybe a softer cast on. Then later she just had one of those like kind of sock things on and a, and a, and a what's a, what is this thing called? Thing over the shoulder. Sling. Sling. The sling at sling on. Then no sling. And then 
when she came in, I think it was August, July or August, uh, Phil was sitting there at the mess tent or the food tent and was eating his meal. And Debbie walked in and goes, hey, how you doing? And he said, hey, Debbie, hey. Oh my God, oh my God. And she said, what, what, what's wrong? And he goes, your hand. And she looked at, he goes, nothing on obviously. And she goes, he goes, you're healed. You're healed. Your bone has grown back and you're healed. And we're still here. We're still shooting and you're healed. Your bone is regrown and we're still here. That's amazing. <laughs> and and wow. that's just to go to show you that Philip Seymour Hoffman was such a funny guy. Like that's uh, along came Polly to me is Phil's sense of humor in a nutshell. That's how funny he could be. And I think that's his funniest movie ever. Uh, but he was I just. I love that you keep calling him that. What? Phil. That's how I knew him. Yeah. He didn't have to become Philip Seymour. I mean, he had, that was his name name because there was another Phil Hoffman. So Hollywood made him do that. Yeah. But we called him Phil Hoffman. I mean, it was Phil and it was just, it was so funny. One of, one of my favorite I stories. I love that story. And it's because we were shooting for so long. We were You're sh- healed. And we're still here. Like your bone has grown back together and we're still here <laughs> in Oklahoma. So that's it. But we have more directors to get through. We had Spike Weir, and we will talk Spike Lee, Alfred Hitchcock. We got a couple more and think, but start on these guys. At least pick. Get two. started. Get started. Two or three. And then please let us know in the comments. What and you- they are right now. I just want to give a qu- couple quick shout outs to Garth McMurray, to uh, Weston Ira, to Glenn Caesar, to Battle Rifle. Um, and to Debs Debs, who have all been chiming in with their favorites of each of these directors. Oh, cool. Um, make sure you leave comments below. And again, we will give shout outs for next week. Uh, yeah. Really appreciate those. But a lot of A League of Their Own and Bigs and The Apartment and yes. uh, a, a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. you guys Check rock. Check out YouTube in the comments. And then uh, Roxy, where can we find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And find me because I have the best uh, social media coach, Miss Phenomenal. You can find mm-hmm. me everywhere at Sean Whalen Actor. Please follow me on TikTok. I'm having a blast there. And I do fun giveaways and things like that as well. So as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.